Did not even read that one. <laughs> <laughs> even I knew that was coming. Did not read it. I, was, I didn't know who was going to read it, but I was waiting for it. That's so good. Welcome to He Read, She Read, the podcast where a couple of married bookworms discuss what they're reading and learning. This month, we've invited our best friends to buddy read If Beale Street Could Talk with us. Today, we're talking with them about reading and relationships. I'm Curtis. And I'm Chelsea. And this is Britt and Richard. Welcome. Hey. Hey. How's it going? (laughs) I'm Britt, obviously. And I'm Richard. Thanks for hanging out with us literally all day today. Um, Yeah. (laughs) We're excited to have you on the podcast. Can you tell us? Can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Well, I'll go first. Uh, I'm Richard. I'm also in the Army, just like Curtis. We are basically the same. Um, Britt and I have been married for almost two years, and now you can tell them your name. (laughs) Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. Um, I'm Britt. I'm a speech and language pathologist, and I'm married to Richard. So that's how we know each other. So Richard and I were stationed together in Georgia, and then after we made the move uh, to Oklahoma about six months ago, we all started hanging out together. But we didn't really know each other as couples in Georgia, so it's been fun to be together in the last couple of months. Um, How did you two meet, if you want to tell a little bit of your origin story? Yeah, we've never heard this full story. Really? So Richard and I met on the well-known app known as Tinder. So... I had just gotten back from Korea, and as soon as I got back, I decided to use this new thing called Tinder, <laughs> and I was uh, I was in Tallahassee. That's where I'm from originally. And I was there for grad school. Yeah, so as I was swiping right, <laughs> we both swiped right on each other, and uh, and then I moved to Savannah uh, for the Army, and we, uh, were going, I was going back and forth, like, um, visiting her. For some reason, I decided it'd be a good idea for her to accidentally meet my whole family that was like that was very that was a very interesting moment because so we had only been dating for a few weeks a few weeks i guess maybe a month and richard was like so i went to a church in tallahassee and his mom who like most of his family is in tallahassee and they were like oh like richard like you're always coming to tallahassee but you're never coming to see us like what's up with that and he was like oh like I'm seeing this girl. I'm not here for them. I'm not here for this. (laughs) And so he was like, hey, like, I'm going to go to church on Sunday. Like, do you want to come with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. And his church was much more conservative than mine. So, like, most of the women are wearing skirts. Like, it's just, like, hats. A church, some hats, but it's like, think of, like, a church full of old black people. Like in the south. That's it. That's, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah so. And so I was like, I don't the know fans what to expect. And <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I don't know what to expect. Like, what should I wear? Blah blah. And he was like, it's not a big deal. Like, he was like, you know, but it's the church that like my mom goes to, and that my aunts go to, and that my cousins go to, and my uncles, and oh, my whole family. And I was like, uh. And this oh. is while we're driving there, and like I almost pulled over and like. So I was like, so I'm meeting your mom. And he was like, oh my gosh, you are. We we don't have to go. We don't have to go. 
Okay, it didn't cross your mind at all that you taking her to that church would mean her meeting your family? No, I wasn't thinking about a lot of stuff. Like, like, <laughs> Typical like, man response. I was just going because like, I was being basically, not forced to go, but like my mom was like, you need to come to church. And like, I would go to I would go to Tallahassee. So it's about a five hour or three hour drive. I think three hour drive from Savannah to Tallahassee. Like, I would go on the weekends. I would go to see her. And like, this is the town where I'm from. So like, I would go and like, not see my family at all so mm-hmm. i was like okay i'm gonna go but like also like i wanted to spend time with her and like mm-hmm. she went to church and like i wasn't really trying to go to church i was like well you can come to church with me but i wasn't thinking like and like my whole family would be there because like they're always there i don't think about them so it was just like um, <laughs> yeah so Brit, you didn't have time to break out your hat and fan no it wasn't ready <laughs> i was so unprepared and then no we get there at all. oh i wasn't wearing shame. stockings which was like a thing you know, and then so we get there and his mom is all like, oh, like, I've heard so much about you. Da, da, da. Like, I can't wait to, you know, get to know you. And I was like, what does she mean? And he was like, well, there's usually like a lunch afterwards. They have like a big like potluck. Sure. Yeah. You know, in the back. And it's his whole family. It's essentially it's like a yeah, family so the, reunion. So like church, every Sunday. So for some context, like the location of the church, like since the, I don't know post-slavery days, if you want to call it. My family is, most of my family has lived in one area in Tallahassee, or like outside of the Tallahassee area called Mikasiki. It's like a small town. Um, so, like, let's say if you had a three or four, five-mile stretch, probably 75% of one side of my family lived in there. And probably 90% of that family went to one church. And probably mm-hmm. at one point in time, like, 100% went, just like people moved and stuff. So, like... This is, this is the church that my grandparents all went to, like all my mother's aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters. And it's like a, a quarter mile from my grandmother's house, like maybe a mile and a half from my mother's house. And then like in between that space is like cousins, aunts, and uncles. So they all go there and like they're all very involved in it. And like I grew up very involved in it. So it wasn't like she was walking into like a church that my family went to. It was like my family's church. Like the church recognized me. When I came in. So, like, so, we have a new face. <laughs> like, do you want to introduce yourself? And I was like, no. I would, <laughs> like, not really. I, I would rather not. I would rather not. Thank you. There may have been, like, 20 people there. Because it's, like, it's like a very old there. So, like, yeah. people have all moved away. And, like, it's most, like, the older people there. So, but, like, fast forward to the lunch afterwards. We're sitting there. And so my mom... Like my, it was like my mom, my cousin, my aunt, like sat across from us, like interrogation style. Yeah, like hands folded, like so. And then so my mom's like, "How did you meet?" So Richard told me y'all met at the mall. (laughs) And immediately, my face was like, uh, and I had to make a split second decision: do I lie? To your mother. After church. After church. At on church. Holy Ground. In the same in building. Church, <laughs> in the building. Like, do I lie to her and, like, keep up this thing Shrod. that this guy that I barely <laughs> knew, really, <laughs> just, like, he just kind of come up, came up with, we met each other at the mall. Like, how do I do this? So, I didn't go as far as Tinder to describe what Tinder was, but yeah. I did say... We met online. To which her response was, "Oh, I've met a couple guys online." <laughs> to which my response was, "Ugh." <laughs> well, so I had, I had like already given my mom the story. Like, 
we met like tropical smoothie. Like I was there, and like she was very elaborate. Obvious, lie. obvious lie. Though, like, yeah, she was in front of me in line, and like, cause I don't like walk up to random women and like pick them up, and like no one does it at tropical smoothie. But, like, I know this about you because I've seen you in a Trader Joe's, and you're uncomfortable when people yeah, are talking I don't, to I'm you. Not doing that. Yeah, you're not walking up Especially to people like, smoothie. in the middle of the day at the mall. Like, excuse me, miss, are you getting a Paradise Punch? <laughs> it's quite the smoothie. Like, it wouldn't happen. So, but I think my my mom probably, I think she probably knew that I wasn't telling the truth, which is, like, why else would you ask? Sure. Unless you wanted the real deal. But I was, I was trying to win a few points, and I was like, I told him not to lie to you. (laughs) (laughs) I said not to lie to you. So that was, and then, like, his cousin was like, oh, so, like, what are you guys? And I was like, Richard's response, we're friends. (laughs) Once again, like... Like, oh, we're just friends. <laughs> I was like, oh. Oh, so we're friends. <laughs> Wonderful. But yeah, that's how we met on Tinder. So yeah. if you use it right. Hey, and you know, like, honestly, like, we've, since, since we've, like, met and gotten married. Yeah. My cousin, he and his fiance now, recent fiance, they also met on Tinder. So, like, and this is, like, late in the Tinder game. Put y'all like, in a commercial. I mean, yeah. really. We really should be like, hey. Not always for what you think it is. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes like, you get something that you wouldn't expect. It's like uh, it's like Alcoholics Anonymous. It works if you work it. Yeah. Like the right way. <laughs> it's not just a, like a casual dating app. It can be used for like, you know, you can find a real relationship on it. Like, well, and I think too, like when we found each other, like we were not looking like. That's how it always works. Out. Like, because for us, like I, was, I started talking to him, you know, like you're talking on Tinder and then there's that like awkward like hey, so, like, can we talk, like, not on Tinder? Like, can I get your number? Like, that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, no, I think I actually like this guy. And I was just like, like I said, I was in Korea for a year. Like, I couldn't use Tinder in Korea. I'm about to uh, go swipe. Like, I heard so much about this. Like, I need to use this. Like, I'm a young man. Like, it's Tinder. This is what this is made for. But I used it, and I found my wife. So... Aww. Did your cousin also say that he met her, his wife or fiance at the tropical smoothie? I don't know what lie he told his parents. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but we just now, added so. them, like yeah. if if they didn't already. Know. Well, well, we'll see if there's a listener or yeah. if they're listening. I'll um, send them the link. Now we already said that like all day today we were on a like a couple's date day, so we did. Trader Joe's brunch, a little bit of top golf in there. But what's your ideal date night or date day since we're like old 75 year old couples? That doesn't include us. I know that we're your favorite. That's really, that is really hard though. (laughs) So I think like for us, a big thing is like just with his job and like his position, like he doesn't have, he doesn't always have the opportunity to like go away. Um, But like a big thing that we've done more recently is like, take out Netflix and that's like really fulfilling for us like because it's just easy I guess but we can like we can always make time for that yeah and we usually try to get like Pakistani or Indian food you know there's a couple so like if exactly. we have we had like a, a couple bottles of wine and like good food and like a good tv show to watch like that's probably the most like common date night like of course we like to do other stuff like uh last weekend we went for a hike in the wildlife refuge or like we'll go to OKC or but like I think like she's saying because like my job is pretty busy like most of our dates are very low key and like hey like we're we're gonna be here 
so we do make the most time like spending quality time together like we're, we're not on our phones like and if yeah. we're watching a tv show it's something that like we both like it's not like one of us is like let's watch this mm-hmm. plus That's more time with the cat exactly right. oh, the cat. Too. peter parker one thing i will add and this is like going back to the date night we're like theater people so some of our like biggest memories have been like at the theater so like our first Valentine's Day was our first or second, like our second. I don't know. Our real. It was, it was the second, second time, time around. Second time dating. Yeah. Like marriage time dating Valentine's Day. We went to see The Lion King, Ooh. and that was pretty great. That's a good one. Then we saw we seen Book of Mormon together, which was really fun. Yeah, we saw um, John Valjean. What is that? Lay Miz. We've seen Lay Miz together. Is that all? Yeah, but we like listen to like when we go on like when we drove from Florida to Oklahoma, like it was mostly like Hamilton, Hamilton, like <laughs> other like various Broadway shows. So we're like really into that. So like that would probably be like, like ideal. So like ideal, I guess yeah, like ideal, ideal date night. Like the probably theater. the theater, the theater with the tr. Stop it with the, yeah with the e at the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like probably like nice dinner yeah. and. I do like that when we came over to your house for movie night, you had Hamilton playing. Me like, look, we just want to make you feel welcome because <laughs> our theater people too. So yeah, I out. think that's probably our idea. Well, it's definitely mine. I'm in for theater, but every summer we try and go to the American Players Theater in Spring Green, Wisconsin, and that's Outdoor. been like a oh, yearly date cool. since we started dating. That we try and make it there nice. every year. This might be a tough one. What is the most important lesson you've learned so far? about marriage or from being married what's the most important lesson i'm gonna let you answer this question first (laughs) okay so i'm okay i'm a speech pathologist so like words are really important to me and communication is i mean like that's my field so communication is like has been very very important to me like forever but i think it's been really interesting to like like being married, communication is obviously super important, but like listening is a huge part of communication too. Um, so I think like that's been a big thing, like just communication in general. And like we both communicate very differently. And so like that's been a big like learning process. But like having patience with like different kinds of communicators is like a big thing, which you would think. It would have just come supernaturally because, like, that's my field. <laughs> but it didn't. We had, like, many moments where I was like, why isn't he understanding? I was like, okay, let me try something else. And, like, certain things just work better. But I don't know. What do you think? When you say supernaturally, you mean, like, magical or, like, <laughs> super <laughs> space? There, there, was yeah. a, there was a space. Because I'm not good at magic. <laughs> uh, I no, would... not supernatural, like, the show. Oh, uh, like, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So... I would say my most important lesson, which I don't like, I'm like having a hard time like actually following, but it's, and we've talked about this recently, just being considerate and like thinking of your partner, because I think, especially with my like career kind of stuff and like just how I've lived like most of my adult life, I've been very much like, I do what I do and like, you know, whatever comes next, like I can figure it out and like, I'll do this. Like I said, like, like as soon as I left school and like went to the army like I went to another country like by myself and like so I wasn't like I didn't have to think about other people so it's easy for me to like do stuff and like not as like I'll think about like, I'll think about her but I won't like consider how this might affect her so st- I still 
to this day like don't always consider her in the most appropriate way so i think but like if i did like which i'm trying to learn that's probably like one thing because like they're your like you're married like you can't do things like there's no like doing things by yourself like Mm -hmm. no matter if it's like making a choice or like small decisions big decisions like you have to like you have to get some input from another person and not just be like well you didn't say anything about it so i thought it was cool (laughs) that's that's not considering that's just like Mm -hmm. that's like okay well you didn't try but Mm -hmm. so i think being considerate and like just putting the other person like in perspective, like putting in perspective, like how they may think about it, and like making sure you go to them for input is mm-hmm. probably most important. So we're yeah. talking about bringing her to a church with your whole family. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. We obviously was not considering my perspective on that one at all. That time, at that I'd, been, time. I'd been back in the states for a few months. Like I was still just like doing me and like yeah. So know. we're seeing growth. We're seeing yeah. growth. Yes. Like, and seeing I think growth. took it a few years. I think too, like that's the. I guess, like, overall, like, that's the big lesson that I think I've, like, been learning is, like, marriage is a process. And, like, you're just constantly learning about this person that, like, you're spending forever with. Mm-hmm. But, like, we're still learning a lot about each other. Like, we've been married for two years, but, like, there's still so mm-hmm. much that, like, we don't know about each other. And that, like, he'll do something and be like, I didn't even, do you, mm-hmm. have you always done that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, is that new? Or you'll say, like, I love this. I'm like, do you? I've never seen that before. Like, no, I, I, I love this, like, book or show or whatever. I'm like, no, you don't. Like, you've never done anything with that before. And she's like, well, now you know. It'll yeah. be it'll be weird stuff like that. Like, we're six years down the line, and last week she was like, you've never made the bed where the sheet is all the way up by your neck. I'm like, yes, I have. It's that, like, back and it's forth. It's a new thing, I swear. It's not. I don't like it. It's not. It's I've always done that. Why are you making the bed differently? <laughs> <laughs> Who are hey, you making the bed for? Stop. <laughs> stop trying to start something. Oh, oh my goodness. He's okay. like, I just want a little more banter. That's yeah. all. <laughs> Do it for the pod. Drama. <laughs> all right. So we've talked about relationships. We've talked about the drama for the podcast. Yeah. We are a book podcast. So True. tell us about your reading lives individually and if there's a collective component. What does it look like for you guys? Uh, I'll say like it's usually not a collective component. So my reading life is very like sporadic. So it's it takes a lot for me to and I I like books, but it takes a lot for me to like find something I like, especially if it's different from something I've always read. So and when I do read a book, it's like I'll read one and that's that's good for a good little while until like something really presents itself. But and even when I do, like I just re- finished a, a couple books recently and like. Both of them weren't that long, or actually three, weren't that long, but it took me a long time to read them just because, like, I love using my phone. <laughs> and, like, picking up a book always isn't the other thing. It's like when I get home, like, you know, like, we you know, sometimes like, we can sit in bed and read, but, like, also sometimes, like, I don't. So, like, I'm not, like, a very consistent reader. There's some, and it has to be, like, a really, like, engaging book for me to, like, sit there and just, like, burn mm-hmm. through it chapter after chapter, but... I think like like I'm a, I'd say like probably more than most average people read, but like I'm not I wouldn't like I wouldn't put myself as like a reader like like oh hey I read a couple books a year, but like that I'm means not. you're a reader. That though. means you're a reader. If you read more than like two books a year, you're you're a reader. You're better oh, well, than you're, yeah. I'm a reader. You're, you're, you're <laughs> then I am a reader. Yeah. I, I will say one thing I noticed about you is like when you're over at our house, you're always looking at the bookshelves and seeing what's up there. And I, I like do the to same. Judge people exactly. Probably. So I, I do that's the, how you know you're a reader. I do the same yes. thing when I'm at like when we first went over to your house and I saw a lot of Tom Clancy books on there. I'm like, okay, we're gonna get along because I used to read those all the time. 
So that's I feel like you're one of those where you can look up on the bookshelves and judge people by what they're. And over at Savannah and like Stuart, you didn't even know me because you never saw my books, and here we are. <laughs> Across the country, and now you know me because of books. Just because we could see each other's bookshelves yeah, and right? I see your books, and I see you. That could totally be on it. Like, I, I see your books, and I, I see, see you. Put that on a pillow. That's see good. Put that on a pillow. I see you through the pages of a book. Ooh, that's nice. Wait, that could that could that really has potential to be very poetic. <laughs> okay, Brent, tell us about your reading life. Um. So, like, I've always. I'm usually, like, always reading something. Um, So whether it's, like, obviously college, like, you read a ton. Um, And I'm usually, I try to read at least, like, one thing that's, like, going to, like, develop me professionally in some way. So, like, right now I'm reading, like, a book on, like, Asperger's. And then, um, but like I was talking about earlier, with reading a lot of nonfiction, I need something to kind of, like, cleanse the palate, if you will. Um, so I like something quick to read that's fiction. Like I want something like quick to kind of burn through so then I can get back to something a little bit more substantial. Um, but I'm usually reading at least one book at a time. Like right now I think I have three going, but they're all different. Mm-hmm. So we've had that talk where it's like, you'll be in a different genre for a couple of different things, depending on how you're feeling and yeah. what mood you're in. But I read a lot of professional like development type stuff, and you're right; it gets a little bit dreary if you're if that's all you're reading. Yeah. So you need to mix it up with a little bit of I won't say trash, but something uh, that's a little bit easier to read. <laughs> but it, it might be a little trashy every now and then. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like something light. Something light. Trash is more applicable to bodice rippers television. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we don't need to call it trash per se. So does like reading also count like articles and magazines or? Like, I think so. I think it does too. I, it's no, still I think text it's being yeah, yeah. So taken in at work when I'm, when I'm not busy, I read a lot of like blogs, like mm-hmm. just like either political stuff or just like pop culture or like I read a lot of car, like cars, mm-hmm. like publications, like magazines and stuff like that. So like I read a lot, but it's not a lot of books. Like, that still counts. Okay, that right. that, that still counts. And so you're people are like, still oh, reading. It's just, you're reading. Yeah. Like, like it's the computer. Um, and you're an NPR guy too. So oh yeah, I read like that's I have like the BBC news app on my phone and like NPR. Mm-hmm. Like I read those articles and they have long form. Yeah. And stuff. And they have like the they have like the synopsis and they have the interview. You got to read the transcript and that's. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting in the weeds. Yeah, you're getting in the weeds. Yeah. I think a lot of people though, if they don't consider this themselves readers because they don't read books, they might be reading magazines yeah. or something. No, the Guardian. It's like Kim Kardashian walked down the street today. I mean that that pops up, but like, I mean that's sometimes not, that's not where. I mean, if you happen to click on it by it. accident, most Maybe. likely. But if, it, if it's like an ad, I'll go to it. We just, we were just talking about palate cleansers. Yeah, right. right, exactly. Oh, yeah, man. you had to have something a little Dead mindless. Crisis, I need to read something else. <laughs> now, like, did you guys read as kids, or like, what things were you interested in, and what did you read when you were kids? I read like anything that I could get my hands on. Like, I was just like, I just wanted to like learn and just anything like I read lots of nonfiction, even like a lot of those little like like did you know 
the DK books. Like, yeah, you know, like, those I, good. I loved those. Do you remember like the like the great illustrated classics, but like the biographies ones? Yes, yes, those were some of my favorites. We, oh yeah, we've been looking for them in the past couple of months. We haven't been able to find any. No, them, but... oh, that's disappointing. But it's like the same thing that I like the laminated hardcovers and mm-hmm. just with illustrations in there. Yeah, I, yeah. I would eat those up. As oh, a, I loved those. I'll say as a kid, I read. I probably read more as a kid than I did now. And like partially because like my mother was a librarian, so like there was always books around. She read a lot, so I read a lot. And then like also like my school, like I went to a decent school and like we read and like we were talking about celebrated reader earlier. Like I wanted it to be, I wanted to get my <laughs> celebrated reader points and like, yes. like you know I read like as most kids like read the Harry Potter and like the Goosebumps and like then you just read like. Like I remember, like you know, White Fang. Like you read like the classic, mm-hmm. like oh, books yeah. for Ooh, yeah, like yeah, young yeah. people. But yeah. I think I read. I probably read more as a kid, and also like you know, nineteen nineties, early two thousands. Like I didn't have like a phone, so like the like reading a book was like entertainment mm-hmm. back then. Oh so yeah, I read like much more as a kid. Oh yeah, well, it's Netflix to... for your brain. Yeah, it really though. <laughs> well, when we were younger, we had like the Pizza Hut personal pan yeah. challenges. Oh, One stuff for me. exactly. Like I feel like that influenced us as children of the nineties. Oh like, yes. Even if we had that as adults today, I feel like we would be like going to get our stickers. And you can just yeah, but hold now it I over can. People. <laughs> I'm at a sixteenth grade reading level, and I'm in third grade. It doesn't make any sense, but it's what it is. <laughs> but I'm no. so excited about it. <laughs> And Johnny is only on a fourth grade level, yeah. so and we're, in, we're in fourth grade level, so he's not trying very hard. <laughs> now, Brett, you were saying that you had like a sticker system in your house. Oh well, okay, so not in my house. So my mom is dyslexic, uh-huh. so she's not a big reader, and really, it's just it's not that she doesn't like enjoy, like she doesn't really enjoy reading because it's like very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so even like. But the stickers, like, definitely came out uh, at school. So even it was, like, past even, like, just accelerated reader. But, like, every time you read a book, I could, like, bring it to my teacher. And she would, like, ask me different questions about it. And if I got those questions right, I got a sticker. And I have to say, in Mrs. Klein-Peter's fourth grade class, I had the most stickers that year. It's a little bit of a humble brag. <laughs> it's a little bit of a humble brag. I wouldn't even say it was humble. I was going to say it was just a long brag. It was just a brag. Yeah. But like, I think too, like, my mom, my mom really influenced a lot of my reading life as a child because she, I feel like she really wanted me, like she was excited by the fact that I enjoyed reading. So, because she didn't and she was like, I like, I want that for you. Mm-hmm. So she was always really big on, like, every time we would go to the store, she would like she would let me pick a golden book. Do y'all remember golden books? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was always, like, a really big thing. And then when I was really little, instead of sleeping with, like, stuffed animals, I slept with books. Nerd. Yeah. And so cute, though. But, like, I remember, like, my mom, my mom would always tell me, like, like, if you're really good, you can sleep with two books. <laughs> And I was like, yes. More paper. (laughs) I mean, and that's like, but I I really, like, I really just loved books. Like, when I was, like, tiny. So snuggly. So, yeah. And, like, who, I mean, I can't imagine, like, I enjoy, like, the idea of, like, snuggling up with a book isn't actually physically hugging the book, but that's apparently what I did when I was a child. It's close. 
That's like a perfect on-brand story that your mom would say, like, down the line. For oh, yeah, talking about like, the on-brand story. Wait, your kid a nerd like that, but she slept with books. <laughs> and now, like, I probably have two or three on my nightstand. They're not in the bed with me, but yeah, they're still close. Like, I think, for me also as a kid, like, so, like, I'm a black person. I don't know if you guys can tell from this podcast, but like, and where I live, like, I grew up, I know this is, it's gonna make sense. So, like, I grew up, like, like a lower socioeconomic area, and like, but just by like, like the basis of like where my house was, like, I went to a different school than like most of my friends, like, growing up. So, like, the school system they were in was like not great. And like, the one I went to was like in like a really nice neighborhood, and like, it was like where like the, the people who went to that school also lived like on a golf course. Like, it was like, Oh, you live like across this line. You're like you're good. So like, reading was like something we did at school. But like, so I would go to like the boys and girls club after school. And like my sister, my sister too. Like we would have books. Like we'd be reading. And like people would, like make fun of us because like the boys and girls club they give you some time like reading. Like oh like you're reading books. Like you guys are like lame or whatever. And I was like, no, like we're reading a book. And like a lot of people didn't grow up like that. Mm-hmm. And like let's say like my grandmother, she was a, a school teacher for like a million years. And, like, during the summer, she'd, like, make me read books. And, like, this is, like, not when I'm trying to read a book. Like, a reader's <laughs> digest. So, like, as a kid, like, reading, like, I had fun reading. And then sometimes, like, it wasn't fun. It was, like, they're, like, I think it was a lot of, like, hey, we're going to make sure you learn stuff. Because, like, you're not going to be, like, the people who live a couple miles down the street. Like, you're going to do better. So, like, yeah, I always wanted, like, you know, I'm it's the summertime and I'm reading, like. And, like, since my grandma's a teacher, she had, like, a lot of, like, books from, like, her class. Like, really old, like, I don't know, like, Clint, Tom, not Tom Clancy, the Hardy Boys type books. Like, mm-hmm. she like, oh, you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna read this, or like, the train, like, the train whistle, or something like really old. It's like, obviously from like the 40s, but like, she's like, you're gonna read this. Yeah. And, like, and you're gonna me, like it. You're gonna like it, and you're gonna tell me about it. And like, yeah, it sucked as like an eight year old, like, you know, like, I was reading at a high level, and like, reading was never a problem. I, mean, I remember reading at like, like, in pre, like, I don't know how to say in preschool, but like, and like, and probably in pre- like four like, and five. I remember like, reading yeah. like, like I remember reading at a very young age. Like it's always been a part mm-hmm. of like. Have I gotten away from it? Like since like, I didn't have to read. Like once you get in like the high school and college, like you have sure. to read something. You're like, I don't really want to do this, but I think like reading as a kid probably is like probably like, one of the most important things to do. Like for mm-hmm. kids, like if they can actually like read, read. I would say Hardy Boys is a pretty good. Like pair, it's a straight line to Tom Clancy from there. Oh, for sure. Well, well, I said, you said like, it, but then like, as you said it, I was just thinking like, like mystery about a, a closet, some like some small <laughs> mystery, and then like we're gonna save the world. Yeah, stop a bio weapon. It's just a Global step terrorist. away. You read, you read Tom Clancy, like you read a little Nancy Drew. Boom, boom. You read Sherlock Holmes in there. Connections. Connect. Like, Connections. But like not like real Sherlock Holmes, like young Sherlock or like young James Bond. And the next thing you know, you're saving the world. <laughs> I think it's cool how both of you had like relationships with reading with your uh, your mothers and your grandmother. Like mm-hmm. that's that's cool things to have and call back on. Oh, a hundred percent. Like that's something I'm super thankful for. But I do remember distinctly like being like very young when I learned how to read, and so like I could read it myself. It wasn't necessarily my mom reading to me, and she but she would read to me like in in the evening, and she would like read the book, and I was like you didn't say that right. Like, you missed that. And she was like, okay, fine, you read it to me. <laughs> That's a cool relationship. Yeah, I think also, like, yeah. at least for our generation, like, the Harry Potter series, like, changed reading for kids. 
Like kids oh. weren't reading five hundred page books mm-hmm. before like nineteen ninety nine or whenever Harry Potter came out. But I remember one time like going to my dad's house for the weekend. Like like the first Harry Potter book I read was The Prisoner of Azkaban. Like I read it in a weekend. And like people weren't like kids weren't doing that before. And like I think since we grew up in like with Harry Potter coming out, like most people who were readers from like our generation are like really into them. They can pick up a good thick book and like get through it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if kids can do that now. Like Hunger Games is not that big. But. No, but I think especially with a series like that, they read them pretty quickly, yeah. and then they yeah. want something like it. Right. So then they'll go to something, something else. Something else, yeah. But yeah, young. I mean, young adult literature in general has come a long yeah. way since even since we were kids. I think we had a lot of options, but there are way more yeah. now. Oh yeah, definitely. So, do you ever listen to an audiobook? I do. Not too often though. Mm-hmm. I kind of like I go through spurts where like I really like them, um, and then I just kind of like fall off and I don't yeah. really listen to them as much. But I do enjoy one every now and again. I feel like a lot of our listeners listen to audiobooks. Listening to podcasts is kind of like gateway a good drug gateway. for audiobook. <laughs> but oh yeah, I ask because we have a fairly new sponsor, Libro FM. And earlier today, I was telling you, Britt, as these two were talking about Lord knows what <laughs> about, <laughs> about how I'm not purchasing any books on Amazon this year. So that includes Audible, and Audible's fine, like yeah. whatever. But you can't support independent bookstores using Audible. With Libro FM, you can. So Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite indie bookstore. So you can actually select which bookstore you want to support, and all of your dollars from purchasing audiobooks will go to them instead of Amazon. <laughs> Very cool. So you can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, which includes new releases, current bestsellers, and recommendations from booksellers around the country. So you know when you walk in the bookstore and there's like the bookseller recommendations shelf? Yeah. You have that on Libro, basically. They oh, have very a full cool. section. So with Libro FM, you get the same audiobooks, same price as Audible, but you're obviously a part of supporting a community and supporting independent bookstores. So all you need is smartphone, the free app, and then in order to get an account, you can actually use a special code that we have. So listeners of He Read, She Read can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one month. So three audiobook credits for the price of one, and it's the same price as the other company. So it's 15 bucks a month. Same price as Audible. Oh, wow. But... It's just that you're then supporting independent bookstores. So we're really excited about Libro, but we thought we'd spread the word about them. That's really cool. I'm going to have to check that out. Does Jeff Bezos know about this? You know, he probably doesn't listen to the podcast, so (laughs) (laughs) I'm not worried about this. So we're not worried. worried. (laughs) Sorry for canceling our Audible partnership, but (laughs) you can go to Libro FM. That's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M. And enter the promo code HRSR, or we always put a link in our show notes um, so that people can just click on that and get their three-for-one deal, and then know that you're supporting your local bookstore. That's really cool. Can I support my local airport bookstore that lets me switch? No? (laughs) It's fine. I don't think so. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to ask a tough question for some of us, uh, but what's a book that you didn't like or even hated to that extreme that's like really extreme um that's a tough one okay do you have one i think it's less like a book that i hate because i really don't i think i wouldn't necessarily read something 
on my own I didn't like, but I know in college in my one of my like postmodern philosophy class, something like that, I had to read this book called Snow Crash. And like I downloaded it on my phone and like it was like one of the first books I downloaded on like an iPhone. But it was like and I would probably like it now, but it's like a very like techno thriller, like sci fi not really sci fi, more like cyberpunk if you would call that. Mm-hmm. And like I just couldn't get into it. And maybe because I was in college and like was reading it for a class but like it was like too like com- everything was like about computers and like it was like computers were hacking into like the real world. I was like, this is lame. And like, but it, it just except wasn't now a- you're like, oh, this is real. Like, like, I, was, like, <laughs> yeah, I probably like it now, but like I just remember that being a book. Like I would only like read it for the questions, mm-hmm. like for the class. And like I like pull out my phone during class and like and like, yeah. I just, like so like in this chapter, blah 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 blah. And I'd be like, oh yeah, this is that book. <laughs> I wouldn't actually read it. And it's probably a good book. And I should probably go back and read it. But I think that's one book that I I know like I didn't read and like yeah. I made a point like I'm not gonna read this book I don't know when you said snow crash my first thought was snow piercer which is the movie on Netflix did you guys ever watch that I haven't seen it but it's different <laughs> I'm sure it is <laughs> but it's a good movie so it, it seems worthwhile to watch that instead of reading a book that yeah. so you're saying that book didn't have Chris Evans as grade A beefcake no Chris Evans Captain America was not there but like the premise was like the, and like I researched it a little bit before because I, I wanted to like answer this question but like so the digital world and like the real world have like collided and like there's a virus that's like released in the digital world that's like infecting people in like the real world and it's like and like it came out in the 90s so like a lot of things that are computer like they talk about there's like but this doesn't make sense. Like, I'm sure like, like we have malware for that. Yeah, like, like you guys are just like put the McAfee on there. <laughs> like, it just, and like I wasn't into like computers. Like, yeah. It was a class that I took because I needed humanities credit. And I was just like, I thought it would be easier. Like I assumed I would just be like in here and you give me my grade. Yeah. Like, you made us read books. We've had that discussion on the podcast before where some of the components of like mandatory reading with school, it, it can be hit or miss. Like, but yeah. that's the source of a lot of books that people don't like. Like I've said it before, like I can't stand Catcher in the Rye just because I was forced to read it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I probably might enjoy it now, but I'm not going to ever read it yeah. again. So that might be the same for you and Cyber Crash. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe I'll read it one day. <laughs> but maybe not. Maybe not. I feel like there's like so much out there that like if it doesn't catch me enough, then like I'm just not going to read it. So like similarly, I don't really like I couldn't I had a really hard time trying to think of something that I like didn't really like. And the only thing that I could really think of was like a play. I was waiting for Godot. Have you read it? I actually didn't. But I, I think it's just because my teachers had me read other stuff that was similar. Yeah. But yeah. that they liked better. So I just right. never ended up. I watched it, it in the same class that made me read this other book, so it's probably bad. <laughs> <laughs> but that was one so like I was like really into theater. So in my theater class we had to read Waiting for Godot and I just like could not get into it. And it's really just like that theater of the absurd, like things that like don't really make sense but they're supposed to make sense and it's supposed to be like this big like underlying like social commentary and I as like a sophomore in high school I I could not get it so that was one that I like could really that was a hard pass 
for me. That's deep for high school. Yeah, I feel like some of that content just. I guess you went to like a theater high school, like a performing arts, so like make. Well, sense. that was only my senior year. Was oh. like performing arts, but I think it was in, it was in like my honors lit. Yeah, I think it's pretty common text for like honors or AP. Oh, okay. So we'll pivot. I think it's a little bit easier, maybe to answer this question, but do either of you have a favorite book of all time? I won't fault you if you have more than one because I always end up sneaking more than one book. I have so many. I, I So, like, there are books that, like, I remember so much about, like, as, like, a child, and I read it, like, a million times when I was really young. I mean, obviously not a million, but, like... Several. Several times. And, but then there are things that I've read, like, as an adult that, like, really just, like with you and so like as a child like really young call of the wild oh good was was like everybody loves a good husky um, (laughs) but like and i don't know what it was necessarily about the book but i read it like at least 10 times in grade school like i love that book um it's just i don't know it's just such a good story Overall, and also, like, a dog is involved, so, you know. <laughs> I'm all about the pups, yes. you know. But that's one, like, as a kid, like, I just really loved. And then as an adult, like, one that has stuck with me and, like, literally, like, I think when you know it's a favorite book is if you, like, find ways to talk about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let me talk about this one. Which, like, this was one, it was a really hard read for me only because of the content, but um, the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. So good. Really, really difficult to get through sometimes. At some parts, you're like, oh, this is really hard. Um, but that was one, it just like, it really kind of like made me think about things differently. And it was just very, very powerful. So I loved that one too. So I'm going to go in that. Not like slightly different direction, but so as like a kid, kid, I think my favorite book is a book called Tangerine. It's by Edward Bloor. I only say it's my favorite because I remember, like, it's one of the only books I remember reading, like, in elementary, like, middle school. And it was about Florida. So, like, it was interesting. I'm from Florida, so, like, it was interesting. I'd say, like, beyond that, like, as a high school or, like, young college was, of course, The Alchemist. That's probably one of the only books I've read twice. And, like, I really still don't remember much about it. But I think it's one of those books that, like, everybody's read and, like, everybody gets something different from it. And, like, he's a great author. So, like, The Alchemist is one, like, you can read it, like, it's got such good imagery, and, like, it's just, like, a kind of fantastic story that is also very, like, there's, like, some biblical stuff in there, there's some, like, Islamic tradition stuff in there, there's, like, a little bit of everything, there's, like, alchemy, like, real alchemy, and, like, no one knows about that, but that, that was a really good book. Um, I think as a, like, a younger adult, like, now, it's probably a, it's a book called Teeth of the Tiger by Tom Clancy, and I think that was mm. the book that got me into... With that book and that's the book that's the book where Tom where Jack Ryan's son or John yeah, Jack Ryan's son, Jack Jr. like becomes he's like introduced to like the secret agent world. And like everybody loves like Jack Ryan. But like he has a son. And everybody doesn't know about that. But that's like where it like takes a turn. And like Rainbow Six was a great movie because like the video game, like I could like oh, this is like a book that was that's one of the only books that's been like, at least that I know, like a book that is made into a video game that like wasn't a movie. That was great, but I think Teeth of the Tiger was like 
it was just really good and I was like really into that kind of like and I still do love Tom Clancy and I was like I think that's one of his best books mm-hmm. like at least of this like more modern series but, like, well that's one of the last ones he wrote before he passed yeah, away I think that's probably why I liked it the um, most. and those two Rainbow Six and Teeth of the Tiger are two of my favorite kind of modern uh, military thriller yeah. books um, but what I like about Teeth of the Tiger it's like a lot of behind the scenes espionage stuff by like small teams that don't really get recognized and there's a really vivid scene where these two brothers are taking down terrorists in a mall and it, yeah the two uh, fbi F, one's an fbi agent and one's like a army ranger mm-hmm. or, yeah yeah where it that dom and nick and dom there you go yeah. but that really resonated with me as a kid when i read it where it was like this stuff could happen anywhere and now it does happen. and now it happens everywhere yeah. so because they were in malls and was it Mall of America? It was some like Midwestern like state because mm-hmm. I remember like the it was like the Emir or something like he had these people going and like they like happened to be at the mall and like it was like a whole like shootout. Yeah, man, that is a great scene. Mm-hmm. But then like you think about like <laughs> now you're like, like oh uh, people are like, doing this yeah. in malls all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where Tom Clancy was ahead of the time. Yeah, like he was putting stuff in books even years so, ago. Another one of the books, happened. Tom Clancy, and I'll say this: he predicted. Russia's invasion into Ukraine. Mm-hmm. One of his books, like the Russian president in the book, gave a bunch of passports to the Ukrainians and then like invaded the country and were like, I need to do this because like my people are being invaded. And then like four or five years later, like Vladimir Putin did it in Ukraine and like we're still dealing with that now. So like yeah, Tom Clancy, yeah, he was, he was head of the game. Mildly prophetic. <laughs> yeah, mildly. You could call him the Nostradamus. Like, Geopolitical thrillers. Brett, I'm glad that you brought a call of the wild because I read that so many times as a kid I can't even think about it and it's rich when you brought up White Fang yeah. same both so so like, I mean and both of them are like they have that similar mm-hmm. style too mm-hmm. so I, I think also uh, Gary Paulson yep like oh, Hatchet, Hatchet yeah. like, those are also, yeah. I think those are like especially for like young boys those are like this is the book you read and like you're like man like I want to be stuck in the wilderness mm-hmm. yeah. like <laughs> how would I like you would you know you wouldn't be able to do it but like some of those like as a young like these are like young boys but I think Young girls read; they'll read more anyway. But I think if a lot of boys, you have to like give them like, like, look, this book's about adventure, adventure, and like yeah. a hatchet and like guns <laughs> or like the wilderness and like, okay, like let me see what this is about. When you say like young boys, so one of the first books that like my dad gave me because he like read it like when he was young and was like, she likes reading, let me give her this one. And this is a book that I could probably say I really didn't like it. The red, where the red fern grows. Here we go. We're going to talk about it. Yes. I just, I remember like being like in grade school and like legitimately thinking, why is my father doing this to me? Traumatizing (laughs) you? Like, why? Did you read Old Yeller after that? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, why would you do this? I was just, so as... Rich, as you were talking about Tom Clancy and how much you loved those books, I was just thinking about what you said earlier about, like, you need to have something that you want to read really badly in order to get through, like, to want to read the book, to pick it up. Yeah. And we, and I forget which episode it is, but we'll look it up. We talked about supply versus demand readers. So one is the type of reader where, like, you do need a book that you really want to read. Otherwise, you probably won't. Read it all. Yeah. But if it's a book that crosses your path, that excites you, then you'll read it. The other type of reader 
is you just always have a book on the nightstand ready to go. You constantly have a pile of books at the ready. And I'm just thinking, Curtis over here probably could go open up a box in the next room and yeah, I'm pretty sure I could. <laughs> supply you for yeah. My dealer, my book broker. Hey, man, you ready to need of this good spleen? You got all these books here in my jacket. I know, I know me opening... One, first one's free. I know, <laughs> I know me opening up a trench coat doesn't really play on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's opening it. It has buttons. <laughs> Big black buttons. Yeah. Okay, but in order for us to perhaps recommend some books, what are you reading lately or what have you just closed and just read so i've actually read three books lately well done so look at you go i know so first one or like the most yeah the most recent one was artemis by matt this is weir matt weir andy andy weir, weir. Andy weir. matt andy, well, andy weir. Uh, we, we can edit we can edit yeah, sci-fi thriller heist movie like heist book it's very interesting I know Curtis is reading now, so I'm not going to give it away. Well, you talked about it, which made me want to pick it up. But it, it's it's been on the bookshelf for a little while, and I'm liking it so far. It's sci-fi. He's the same guy that wrote The Martian. It's sci-fi, but it's not like it's technical sci-fi, but it's not like Asimov sci-fi or like you know anything where it's like okay, like, I need to know, like I need to like science to read this. It's like mm-hmm. I need to like characters and like happens to have some sci-fi. So I, I really enjoy that book. It's like it's pretty fast-paced, and then. The book before that I read it's called Hope Never Dies. I can't remember the author, but it's a parody. Oh, yes. It's like a it's like a parody novel, like a fictional novel about Barack Obama and Joe Biden solving a murder. <laughs> you like, have to borrow it. We've seen it at the bookstore before. Nostalgia for a couple years ago, <laughs> then you will enjoy Barack Obama and Joe Biden teaming up to take down a drug like a meth lab, basically. <laughs> Also, like the cover is yeah. so. So good. the cover yeah. is President is, Obama like is Joe Biden <laughs> driving the Trans Am and like President Obama like pointing, like take the hill kind of thing. It's, it's great and like yeah, it's like campy, but it's also a really good book. Like it's it's like mm-hmm. a good mystery book. I picked that up in I can't tell you how many bookstores and just decided I've yeah. got too many other things to read. But yeah. I'm glad that you have. You have like you could probably read in a weekend. Like you're a fast reader and like it's it's good and like it's got it's like. It's good, but it's also like 2019 good. So you're like, there's some shots at certain people that are taken, mm-hmm. which is fine. I love to take shots at these type of people. <laughs> like another presidential book I read, uh, The President's Missing by James Patterson and Bill Clinton. Uh, a much more serious like presidential novel, but uh, James Patterson, great writer. And like Bill Clinton, great president, mostly. Uh, it's just, it's, a, it's another like mystery, like thriller like geopolitical there's terrorism in it there's like russians involved and it's i think a lot of things that bill clinton gave to like you can get into like the mind of like how a president would actually think about like a national like crisis or national emergency not not just like as a a, a regular writer like and i don't know how much he actually wrote but like there's a scene it's kind of near the 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 beginning where he's getting questioned by congress and like you just kind of see his internal dialogue of like Why'd you ask me that question? Or like, hmm. like you, like you know, you're like, like you know, you're like subverting the Constitution by saying that. But like, I have to stand here and like take it because like, this is what the American people like expect from me. So those are those are the last three books I read, and they've all been pretty good. And uh, like, I think other people should read them. I don't know. I like them, but like also three books in like this time span is a lot of books for me. So you're on a roll. I'm on a. Oof. 
Yeah. I'm just really swinging out my shoes on that. I was waiting for that to come around. So, uh, for, swinging out your shoes. For, for the audience, we, we went to Top Golf today, and I made a reference that is like a typical golfer reference. Is it though? Don't defend yourself. No, is it typical? It's a typical golfer reference where if you're swinging wicked hard, like if you're, you know, where are you from now? <laughs> he doesn't even know. But if, you're, if you're swinging more harder than you should, you're swinging out of your shoes. And apparently, people that have never heard of that before have decided to make fun of me and cease this. He's not laughing about it all day. It's, it's so his phrase. It's Curtis's phrase. Not until he made it up. I have made up the phrase. I am trademarking <laughs> yeah, it. Curious. So if you <laughs> say it, make sure that you get royalties yeah. on that exactly. one. Send a check. Exactly. I was waiting for you to fit that in. This <laughs> I was just really been swinging out my shoes on I, this I was, one. I was also waiting for the, and like, that may have not been the best time to use it, but I was going to use it. Yeah, we're going to make sure it happens. Yeah, I was going to take a swing. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully my shoes stayed on. <laughs> I don't know, are your shoes still on, babe? Well, they're a little loose. <laughs> a little loose. A little loose. Yeah. All right, to put this train back on the tracks. Oh, uh, Britt, what are you reading lately? Okay, what am I reading right now? So, well, you I, said you had like three on your book, like on your nightstand. Yes. So right now, um, I have Love Warrior. That's the Glennon Doyle book, right? Yes. Um, which is pretty good. I'm still in like the early stages, so it's very heavy right now. Like a lot of the stuff that like she kind of went through like as a teenager and like college years. Um, so that's been interesting. Uh, and then I'm also reading If Beale Street Could Talk. We'll talk more about that at a later time. <laughs> um, and I'm reading, um, what is it? The Asperger's Guide, um, which started out to be more for work, but now it's just like I'm really intrigued by everything because um, they kind of get into detail about just like how a lot of like Aspergian people like think about certain things and. A lot of people think that, like, people that are on the spectrum or have Asperger's are, like, emotionless and, like, that they don't feel emotion. But it's not necessarily that they don't feel it. It's just, like, they process it completely differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really, really interesting, just kind of, like, a different perspective. Um, yeah, so those are the three. That's three, right? Yeah. That's three. Yeah, so, so I have all of those. So two fiction, one for professional development. Yeah, well, Love Warrior is nonfiction. Is it nonfiction? It's more of a memoir, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, but that's that's more of, like, a person's story. So I don't, like, it is nonfiction, but I don't consider it, like, professional development at all. Gotcha. Just, no, the Asperger's Guide. The Asperger's Guide yeah. is more professional development. But it's become, like, more, le- it's become, like, less professional and more just, like, I just want to know mm-hmm. all the things. That's cool. You know? Wow. So that's been fun. When you need your palate cleanser. Yeah. (laughs) I can't help myself. Um, Have you heard of the Kiss Quotient by, I think it's Helen Wong, or I don't 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 remember how to pronounce her last name, but it's a a romance, but the um, heroine is on the autism spectrum. And I don't know exactly if she has Asperger's, because I know that's a little bit different, but... And, And technically, not a thing anymore. Really? Yeah. It's like not in Do the DSM anymore. Do they just consider it the spectrum? Yeah, which is like really controversial hmm. because like you think about adults who are who like have Asperger's. Sure, they've identified as Aspergian, 
And then you try to tell them, like, hey, guess what? You don't have Asperger's anymore. You have autism. Yeah. That's, like, a very, like... Yeah, that's hard to grapple with. That's a weird thing. But, yeah, technically, like, they are not diagnosing Hmm. Asperger's anymore. It's all autism. I, I don't know exactly the representation in the book or the, like diagnosis but Mm -hmm. I've heard that the representation is really good like from people in the autism community and it's supposed to be like light and fun and pretty sexy I've heard so you know look out (laughs) free recommendations being thrown around yeah yeah I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check that out I always like something light in between lots of heavy so like right now like Pretty much everything I'm reading is kind of heavy, and so I definitely need to throw something light in there. So that's going to be something that I'll probably have to check out. You got to you got to keep it balanced. Is something we've yeah yeah definitely. But it's nice if there's a connection there too. Like Mm -hmm. I do like a light read, but if there is something that you can get out of it, always benefit as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Do you guys have one book that you'd want to talk about that you have been wanting to read for a while, or nothing really? We have like a deep love for Hamilton. So I would really love to read. I would love to read that. Like I would love to read Hamilton. But that's like that's like a doorstop. That's a that's a commitment. That's that's, a, that's definitely a commitment. I think that's always that's one where like I usually especially with a lot of like the professional development books, those are something that like I kind of like work my way through mm-hmm. over like a long period of time. So yeah. I feel like when I pick that up that's going to be one that, like, I hold on to for a long time. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so that's one that I definitely really want to read. I also really want to read The Ensemble because Chelsea gave that one to me a while ago. <laughs> and I still haven't read it. It's on my shelf, but it's just like, there's always something. I know. There's always something else. Too many books. So many books. I wouldn't say too many. So is many there books. really? <laughs> is there really such a thing as too many? I can't lift them. <laughs> yeah. If you can't lift them, you just put them in different boxes. You're right. So that you can lift it. Break it up. Divide and conquer. Oh, one book. Are you? Were you done? Yeah, I'm done. Thank one you. One book. One book that I was thinking. So I saw it when I went to DC over Christmas. Call. When will there be Black Futures Month? And I don't know if it's exactly the title, but it's basically like a collection of like African American based like sci-fi and fantasy. Like I heard about it on NPR. <laughs> Shame, shameless plug. And so I, was yeah. in, so I was in a bookstore. I was actually in a Barnes and Noble in DC, and I saw it. And I didn't pick it up, and of course, like it's not anywhere here because mm. it's a newer book, and like also like we're in a smaller market. But I think next time I see it, or I may even get it off. Grab it. I may buy it somewhere. But is it a short stories collection? So it's, I think it's a short story collection, and it's like I don't know if it's all the same author or different authors, but it's just like Afrofuturism, and like then there's some like fantasy, but all from like a african-american perspective which is like not something you don't you don't see much in sci-fi or fantasy so mm-hmm. it looks interesting yeah it's nk jemison is it nk jemison yes oh she's like okay. i know what it is i know what this i is. also want to read it <laughs> so, <laughs> I do. so i'm reading an uh, nk jemison series right now and okay. she's a fantastic author okay. she does she's really good yeah i've never even heard of her but i heard about it on npr and i was like oh that sounds cool and then i went to the bookstore and like saw it and they had like they're like new books and I was like mm-hmm. oh like I should get this but I just didn't pick it up but I think I want to read that I've heard really good reviews so I have a lot of I've seen a lot of friends reading it on bookstagram um that's like instagram but, but for book people for yeah, people that's nice. <laughs> is it a hashtag yes oh that's a whole other thing that I need to check out oh yeah <laughs> do you normally like a fantasy element so I'm not big into fantasy but I kind of want to support the 
the sisters. And like, and I think it's not. I don't think it's all fantasy. I think mm-hmm. there's like some. I can like I can do sci-fi and like if it's like yeah, if it, I'm doing it for the culture. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, she she does have more of a fantasy background. Like she's um, written like her series that I'm in right now won like multiple awards like years in a row. But yeah, I like Game of Thrones. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It works. Did you? Yeah, (laughs) but that's a big fantasy. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't love it, but Chelsea's never read it. It's a point of contention. Mm. Dun dun. dun. I mean, like I think I read The Hobbit and like. Middle school, like it yeah. was, everybody read it in that's middle so school. That's so different, though. That's mm. so different. Yeah, I don't have time to read. <laughs> but that's me. I, whatever. It, Those two that, nerds. That could be a whole nerd. other podcast. Well, yeah, what's the uh, wizard from Lord of the Rings name? Gandalf. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> You're um, awful, Richard. I have a book for you. Okay. It's short story collection. Black author. It's a little bit of fantasy, a little bit of reality, and it's like that big so you could get through it really fast and i have it on my pile to read this month but you might read it even before i get to because i have a lot of other books to read so oh i'm so excited what's it called <gasps> Woo! friday black friday black mm-hmm. okay i'm everyday black but I like it. <laughs> black. is it is it a part of the friday series of movies stop it no <laughs> stop it <laughs> bye felicia I'll live. Can, can i fire you on your day off well, the fact that she made that joke means you can come to the picnic. Oh, I'm invited. Yeah, don't as bring long it. as you don't bring yeah, the don't potato bring it. salad. Don't bring, don't bring anything, but you can come. <laughs> Look at you making recommendations already. I can't I help it. it. It's I just, it. I can't help it. Okay, this is our last question for you before we get to recommendations of the week. But I do want to know what you're looking forward to about reading and discussing If Beale Street Could Talk. Oh, my goodness. So many things. I think the big thing, like, I'm really looking forward to about talking about is, like, comparing the movie to the book. Because mm-hmm. we saw the movie. All four, it, all four of us together went and saw it. We saw the movie. And it was really beautifully done. Um, but I'm really excited to kind of get into the book because I feel like, I mean, typically the movie adaptation is very different. Hashtag book was better. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like really, really excited to kind of get into that and kind of do the compare and contrast between the two. Uh, I'd say that. I don't know if, I don't know what I'm necessarily looking forward Are to. Are you looking forward to it? <laughs> because like, I know how, like I've seen the movie, I know how it ends and like also, I know how like historically the story ends. And I think probably anything like for the people listening to like see like this is, like things that happen in these kind of books and like what James Baldwin writes about, like it's real life and like it happened in like a certain era of time, but like it's a lot of happening. things like that are still going on now. And like I don't enjoy reading these kind of books; they're depressing to me. Only because like my perspective on it is a little like it's a little more like in my face. Like I see it, I've seen it. Like I don't need to read the story. Like I know how it ends, but I think it'd be interesting to see like if his use of like the literary art can like make other people like see like how certain how a certain segment of the population lives and like understand them better mm-hmm. well and i feel like that's why like books like this and like movies like that are so important because a lot of people don't don't see that and like don't have that experience so like they need that exposure you know and like through art it's like a way for them to experience it mm-hmm. the theater was pretty empty though. Mm-hmm. well right, but <laughs> <laughs> i mean like 
it's getting a lot of attention. Yeah. It's got, mm-hmm. I guess, some Oscars or at least I know I think there's they, buzz. There are, there's yeah. a lot of buzz. I know yeah. the the mother in the story, Regina King, yeah. she won a Golden Globe. Already, She's nominated so like, again for an Oscar. Yeah, I think. so it's 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 an, obviously it's a great movie. But like, it was really good. If you don't want to see like that kind of sad story, like yeah. I can see that I can see certain types of people not wanting to see it. And then there's the people who like don't really care about that kind of stuff, and there's people who are like. I don't really want to see that. Like, mm-hmm. that's sad. And, like, I know how this is going to play out. So. Does it make you feel any better about reading the book if I tell you that the ending is different from the movie? Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess so. But, I mean, like, is it that different? I don't know. All right, well, I guess we'll I don't want to say, out. but yeah, I also don't, don't know. Because I don't want to ruin anything. <laughs> I'll just read the last chapter. Well, <laughs> well, we had a lot of listener read-along with Song of Achilles for our last monthly buddy read. So I'm hoping that... We get the same type of connection mm-hmm. this month, and people will read along with us. And it, honestly, I'm excited to read more James Baldwin, and I'm excited to read it with you guys and talk about it. It's going to be a, like it, like Rich said, it's not always fun. It's not like something that is uplifting all the time because people are really living in these circumstances. But it's important to talk about. Well, Absolutely. I think James Baldwin himself was like in like the if you want to look at like the civil rights like lens, like he was so different from. The rest of the people, like the rest of the writers in the civil rights movement, like he was like, like his sexuality was different, like his life experience was the same, but like he was like, he spent a lot of time in France, a lot of time in mm-hmm. Europe, but like he wrote about things that were like very, what, what was going on in the time, but like also like it was just a different type of voice. Like it wasn't the same voice as like Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, and like Richard Wright. He wrote about it, it was like a more like critical, like he took like a more critical look at it. Like he even wrote some like companion pieces to Native Son. Which like was a book about like the black rage side. Mm-hmm. So he was like he like wrote like, Well like let's look at it differently and like let's see what what causes like maybe this isn't like the way we should be like portraying ourselves. So I think it's interesting. Like I haven't never like I've read like small excerpts and stuff for him, but like, mm-hmm. I haven't read a full novel by him, but like I think his voice is different and it may even resonate more today because I think that like especially as black people, like we're not like we're not, we don't see ourselves as the same like one-dimensional kind of thing. Yeah. Like, we're like we're a rainbow of different types of black people, and I think like someone like James Baldwin who was different and like he wasn't necessarily like he wasn't in the same vein as like most of the people in the civil rights era. So it may be interesting, like see how he mm-hmm. he writes and like it probably will resonate more with people like in our like generation. Yeah, I'm really excited. Me too. Yay. We would love to hear your recommendations of the week. Now, we this like doesn't to... have to be a book. I know Rich was worried that yes. it has to be a book, but it doesn't. It can be like a show or some music yeah. or Ooh. whatever you're into lately. We just like to end each episode with a little recommendation of what we're liking lately. A little something. Yeah. You know, a little sprinkle. Our latest, I don't know if you would call it obsession. an obsession. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed. I'm definitely obsessed. The Final Table on Netflix is exceptional. It is like really, really well done. You know, Netflix has all the money. So like they, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. Like anytime, like, I mean, obviously, like just like even like food, like books. Like I love, I just love looking at food. <laughs> I mean, it can just be so pretty. Um, so, like, that show is exceptional, and what I really love about it is that it's not, like, other, like, cooking shows and competitions where, like, five minutes, oh, no, like, I don't have anything plated, like, 
oh no, like the biscuits aren't done. Like, <laughs> like, not my biscuits. No. Not my biscuits. It's a soggy bottom. It's a soggy so bottom. Stodgy. Yeah, it's like, oh no, like the pudding is stodgy. Like, oh man. Um, but like the chefs on the show are like all like very like well established, like well known, world renowned chefs. So like they know what they're doing and the stuff that they create is just like one so pretty and I'm sure it is delicious but it's just like I just love that show so the, so the quality is up there a little the bit quality is up there. it's like, not it's not it's like chopped but way better it's like okay. it's like top chef but like with a billion dollar budget and like 4k cameras and like top level shots so it's like, Netflixified yeah it's yes nice. just sprinkle a little yeah. Netflix on it you know what I'm saying they've <laughs> yeah. got plenty of money to do this show yeah mm-hmm. exactly but then it isn't like the baking show where the first five weeks they're like weeding no. out the ones that all really these people aren't supposed to exactly like, actually, all these people are like on the list like top 50 best chefs in the world they're like best yeah. chefs yeah. in America like, oh like I only have 10 Michelin stars like, only. Only. Like, I had it for three years in a row, but, like, but whatever. I, mean, I closed my restaurant because I was too busy. Yeah, was, like, what, what did you say? I just felt like creatively. Like, creatively, was, I, I like, reached a point where I needed a break, and it's like, like you have like the best restaurant in Australia. It's like, well, I need a break from it. So I closed it. <laughs> so I closed it, and I'm on the show, and I'm like, okay, what? Okay. But hey, but it's great. So that's my recommendation. What's your recommendation? Oh week? man. I would like to say there's a cooking show now. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> my recommendation, I'm actually going to recommend Artemis because it's the last book I read. Uh, it's very entertaining. Like, if you want a book that's, you want a sci-fi book that's also written from a different voice, it's like a young Arabic woman's perspective. It's a pretty interesting book and, like, it'll keep you interested. I keep using the word interested, but it'll keep you, like, entertained and, like, you'll want to you'll wanna read it where you think it's going to go and, like... You're like why would like why would this be the story? But whoever like the, their author like put it together very well, and mm-hmm. I, I really liked it. So I'm gonna recommend that. Like if you got you can read it in a week if you really want to. So I'm already a couple of ways through it, and I'm enjoying it so far. Now, nice. would you say it's more like Fast Five meets Martian, or like Ocean's Eleven esque, or it's a I would say more... more Ocean's Eleven. Okay, okay. Yeah. But it's I like the fact that it's a heist in space. Yeah. That's that's a cool concept. That's kinda cool. Yeah. Also, can I recommend one more thing? You sure can. Go for it. Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> so I've never I think I've shopped in Trader Joe's once before today. Everybody's so nice there. <laughs> like even the customer's like, Oh, you better block the ice cream from me. I was like, Oh, you guys are just so cheery. But it was great. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that was probably a highlight for me today was Trader Joe's as a date. Yeah. Like with another couple. (laughs) It was great. You know you're getting uh, to a certain age when like Trader Joe's is a date. Next we'll be buying Dyson vacuum together. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the funny part was is that Britt and you and Chelsea would go off together and then Rich and I would hang out and we would like hand off the cart to each other. Stay moving. Look, we got to keep moving. (laughs) If we do not move, we are dead. It was pretty crowded. It was really crowded. I mean, like, Saturday sure. afternoon, like, it's going to be a little bit crowded. But, but he and I were parked, like, right against the the frozen section, and this lady came up and was just like, look, you got to stay there, so I am not near the macarons. Okay. I think, a, I think a good grocery store in general is nice. Like, it's just nice. Like, especially, like, you have to buy groceries. Why not get it from someplace that you really want to get them from? It's, like, a good experience. How big do we have to be to get 
us Trader Joe's sponsorship. Well, let me email them and find out. Let's call them right now. <laughs> Each episode, just do Yo, like TJ. a shameless plug. Like, These like, JoJo's are so good. We actually, this in our we most actually recent, have JoJo's on the, in the freezer right now. We're going to so. go eat some. Um, in our most recent Patreon newsletter, I included our five favorite Trader Joe's items of the moment. That's awesome. <laughs> so they should be paying us is what I'm saying. Yeah. Either, um, that or we're, either that or we're going to continue with the shameless plug. If not, <laughs> If not, we'll just ask Country Mart. <laughs> oh. I'm sure they don't have much else to do. No, oh, thank you. On that note. Uh, <laughs> all right, to close out, uh, we'll just say thank you to Britton Rich for joining us for this introductory. Introductory? So uh, yeah, the, that's they'll be back with us later this month to talk about If Beale Street Could Talk by James Baldwin for our February buddy read. It's going to be really exciting to talk to them about it. Uh, for the listeners, thank you for subscribing and sharing He Read, She Read. We love reading your comments and your posts and reviews every week. Be sure to keep asking us questions for some later recommendation episodes and read along with us for February If Beale Street Could Talk. If you haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, please do. Every time we see a new iTunes review, we high five. Seriously. I wrote new copy for us. I didn't. I was not expecting it. <laughs> You that gotta switch it up. So good. Right. Oh my gosh. Alright, let me start it again. We high five. I high five Seriously? a lot. Seriously? I high five a lot. I don't know if you guys know this, but this is something that I do too much. Alright. I've never gotten a high five. We high fived about Lord of the Rings and Trader Joe's. Also oh, a we did. We did. Alright. Right. great though. I love hugs. Okay, I'm gonna reread that. Alright, if you haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, please do. Every time we see a new iTunes review, we high five. Sometimes even make out a little. Did not even read that one. <laughs> <laughs> even I knew that was coming. Did not read it. I, was, I didn't know who was going to read it, but I was waiting for it. That's so good. All right, oh my for, God. All right, for the third time. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> From the top. From the top. If you haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, please do. Every time we see a new review on iTunes, we high five. Sometimes we even make out a little. It's good for our relationships, so keep those reviews coming. Connect with us. <laughs> I told you this is going to get raunchy. Usually that's what like, like, well, If you guys could make out any book sexy, I put it on the curse. Like, what is this? Our moms listen to this show. Come on. Not anymore. <laughs> you know, we did used to make out in every bookstore we could. We did. That was like our thing when we were dating. Did you like hide behind something? Yeah. Yeah, nobody's in this aisle. Just make out. Make out. Make out. All right. Connect with us via... Wait a minute. Can't do it. Ugh. All right. Connect with us via social media or email. We're on Twitter and Instagram at HeRedSheRed. And you can also send us questions at, via email at HeRedSheRedPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening. And remember, the couple that reads together... Makes out together. There it is. Hey! There it is. Good for our relationship. Good for your relationship. Just to be clear, we don't all make out together. <laughs> yeah, we don't all make out couple, together. Couple, not couples. Couple. <laughs> not swingers here.